Baby girl, won't you come and hold my hand? Won't you come and chill out with the Virgo? Hey girl, just come and hold my hand. Won't you come and just chill with the Virgo? Sipping on Merlot, you ain't gotta be my girl though. I drop you off at Willoughby and Merlot. Smash with the Virgo, ain't got to take a shirt off. You see me convince your homegirl. another episode of sign me up podcast back with another episode and honestly i think the sages are in the running like we yeah. have another fun episode planned for you guys yeah got another guest on a guest that you are actually familiar with because she joined us before jayla hey, hey. hey. <laughs> yes Jayla's back with us and honestly Sagittarius season we're turning over a leaf you know we're getting back into our guest bag so we're happy to have you with us and I think it'll be another fun one for sure I'm so happy to be here thank you what have you been up to you know a little bit of this a little bit of that find my dream home in Hawaii so that I can uh, relocate and live from Hawaii to Cali Um, still selling candles still teaching people how to be better human beings Still yes. a real nigga. Period. That's my favorite part. That's the so dream that, home yeah. in Hawaii. My goodness. I'm loving that. Right. Yeah. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Something for, my, something for my children to look forward to. We vacation there and now it's time to live there. A week there, three weeks here. So I can work in California and I can live in Hawaii. So for the week that I live there, it's relaxed. And the three weeks here, I grind to go live. I know that's right. That's really the dream right there. Exactly. That's it. Shayna, how are you doing this week, boo? I am, you know, doing well. Can't complain. Just um, we're wrapping up. We're wrapping it up with school. Got two more weeks left of that. So, you know, we just. Two more weeks left and then you'll be, you'll be done with this year, right? Like this school year. Yeah, well, technically not really because I started my school year in an off semester. Like I started in the spring. So it's spring that makes it a full year for me. Got it. Okay. I'm expecting another Dean's List, another. You know, at this point, I'm looking at things like, why did I get a 99? (laughs) You know, like that's how. That's how great like the consistency has been good there. So I'm I'm really happy for that because I want all my guard. If they don't have it, yes. I'm, I'm buying it because I need all the recognition. Do they do like cum laude for graduate school? I feel like um, they should. I don't know. I, it's something to look into. You know, as I get yeah. to that that graduating date, like after yeah. spring of next year, it'll be one year until graduation. That's so. my girl, man. <laughs> It's gone by so quick. I'm just like a proud mom. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, right. for real. My um trip home is coming to an end, but I've really had a wonderful time in the A. It's fun here. It really is. Like I, I don't want to live here. I still feel that way. I don't want to live here, but I love coming to visit. The two-week visit is nice. Like I've seen all my friends. We've had so much fun. Last night we went to this like a black alumni 
mixer for our high school. So that was just like really funny in itself. Um, so just like reconnecting with people has been really nice. And just being out of Pittsburgh, honestly, has been a dream. So Ooh, love it. I'm happy with that. And um, yeah, back to the back to real winter here shortly. So I'm shopping for a new coat. So keep me out in, in y'all's thoughts and prayers for that. I, I really want to get something soon. I really hope something comes comes to fruition for you. <laughs> Let me know if you see anything for me as well, because it's tough. It's tough shopping for a new anything. Like right. I don't really want a coat more so a jacket, like yeah, light leather something, but yeah. I wish they brought bomber jackets back. Yes. They they are I think they are coming back kind of. Yeah. Right. I do and I do like you know them having those little satin ones that they'll have here and there sometimes like you can get it puffed out or no you know lining in it but those are too yeah the The puffer jackets are certainly back in style I've I've been seeing those like my niece has one that's a cropped like kind of puffer I'm like that is so cute I like it so yes do you have an icebreaker Shana I do I do You got 30 minutes to spend 100K. Where are you going? Oh my gosh. 30 minutes to spend 100K. First of all, I'm paying off my debt. That's the first purchase. <laughs> that like, That's for sure. And then after that, I'm going to... Dang, do I want to go to Asia? I feel like I should go to Asia or Australia. Yeah, Australia probably because that's the furthest place. Getting the best flight that they offer with like Virgin to Australia I feel like and I'm getting a whole new wardrobe to go there can I get that in 30 minutes though I don't know oh my gosh definitely get the ticket in 30 minutes blow the bag you could do first class and yeah right and then maybe I'm gonna bring you know I'm gonna bring some you know one or two people so buy those tickets too maybe I'll buy like gift cards to like Nordstrom and like you know places so I can get the clothes after the 30 minutes is up you know, that's like a little loophole. Smart. Yeah. Okay. Where are y'all going? What y'all doing? I feel like paying the debt. That's a good one. But also, I don't know how quickly I can get in with an investor real quick. Like, yo, like I got <laughs> 60 pay for you. you know, can we, can we make my shit? You trying to <laughs> we like do a wealth one real quick and then I'll take the 40K and like, you know, do a lot of uh, unnecessary, like wasteful shit. But like, I definitely <laughs> put the money in, like try to grow it, try to invest it so I could get some more of that and keep that 100K energy or more. No, that's actually a good one. Okay, a nigga like me just going to Hawaii, okay? You're right. <laughs> the dream home is done, okay? We've purchased it. All the and, closing costs are there. We're good. And, and I and I am I'm like in 30 minutes. Like this is uh, no, so 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 in 30 minutes, I could definitely have a contractor come in and redo my backyard to look like a luau every day. Ooh, um, yes. so, so that might cost me about fifty thousand. So his consultation may only be 10 to 20 minutes. And then after that, I'm gonna go to this place in Waikiki to buy art. The art is expensive, but I want it. Um, and it's LA artists. And so then I'll buy my son some art supplies so that he then can make $29,000 art pieces as well from the house looking out at the ocean. Wow. I love that. That's beautiful. 
completing the dream, realizing the dream. Right. Oh, um, that's right. The, some of the art pieces, I mean, I feel like art should cost what it costs. So I totally, you know, I don't debate on prices and stuff, even though I can't afford like any of it. But that ain't no joke. Some of the prices for some of these pieces, it's literally no joke. And it's like, it's not, it's not necessarily always about like, the skill that it takes to do it but it's literally about the idea like if you came up with the idea and it's fire that's what you're paying for not necessarily like can't like oh I could do that you know what I mean but like did you come up with it that's that's the follow-up question to that like did you think of it though no you didn't but also the time and like the yeah. fact that some pieces are abstract it's only one of a kind it's a one of one yeah you know, some look similar and like I know a couple of artists that are under 25 and they're literally selling pieces right now. What is it called? Art Basel? Art Basel? Yeah. The happening right in Miami now. right now. They're mm-hmm. selling for 29500 for like little sculptures. Like, and they're beautiful. They're beautiful. But it's literally, I'm telling my son, like, look, because he's 10. I got time, y'all. I got time. Yes. <laughs> Cultivate him. I know that's right. That was a good one. I really wish that that was something real. Like... The clock starts now. We're hanging up this call. We're getting to work. Like <laughs> I do a supermarket suite. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Ooh, come take me to the art. <laughs> I'd be gone. Like I'd have it mentally in my mind. I would I would be under that tw- I would be like 29 minutes, 30 seconds. Um right, period. Yeah. Okay, so here we are with the sign up. So what's the tea this week? Um Get to know a Sag. And what we're doing here is asking Jayla a couple questions. Just some things that happened this season. So Jayla, do you have any words to share about the Antares Stargate portal that started December 2nd? And I believe it ends December 4th. Yeah, so the only thing that I can say is that this is the time that the the heart chakra is activated. And so normally you find that people are more um, giving. You also find that Sagittariuses are more willing to receive people back that they may have left earlier in the year. I'm not that Sagittarius. I don't receive back. (laughs) (laughs) For the record. I'm not her. I'm not her. Right. Uh, but the heart, but the heart chakra is more open at this time, and so you'll you'll find Sagittarius who are normally assholes during most of the year ease up a little towards you know their season. Mm. Honestly, the heart chakra is like chakras in general. I feel like I need to delve deeper into. Maybe we should do that, Shane, on one of these episodes and kind of like go through what all of them are. You hear about the heart chakra a lot. You hear about the head chakra. Is that what it's called? Head? I guess it would be called. So, head. I'm, a, I'm a Reiki master. So oh, okay, okay. the crown chakra, the third crown. eye, the throat, the heart, solar plexus, something, and then the root. Yes. Okay. I want to delve more deeply into that at some point because these things need to be in tune and aligned and it is interesting how some again celestial happenings can really impact certain areas of the body more strongly than others like you're just mentioning about the heart chakra so that's very fascinating yeah I really really 
would love to have some work done on me <laughs> as it relates to that. You just discover amazing things. Like your throat chakra is blocked and you know, that could like speak to reasons why you might not be able to articulate yourself well in arguments and conversations, why you always feel like you're at a loss for words, like just. Yes. Like, and again, like we've talked about this before, but it's like all these things, even with like astrology or Reiki or mindfulness, like it's all a constant practice. Like you don't just kind of like do it once and then that's the end of it it's like you constantly have to be like checking in and and kind of a, you know continuous practice basically I think that that's where I kind of wane because I'm not able to stay as consistent as I would like to but I'm not hard on myself about it you know like I, I definitely give myself the grace but I definitely just know that you it is something that that you have to continuously keep up with and just work on always it's right. like being committed to going to church right so like if I look at so like I used to be a, a Jesus freak that's what my sister called me and I used to go to church every Monday Wednesday Friday and Sunday and like I was really I was committed right and, and in that same way like I'm committed to making sure that my third eye is always open I'm always committed to making sure that my crown chakra is completely like covered. Like when I go out, normally I wear a covering over my head. I'm like clear that I say what the fuck I, I want to say. And I mean what the fuck I say. And I said what I said out of my throat chakra. And if I find that I'm not doing that in email form, I don't, if it's written or verbal, I'm really like, okay, what do I need to do to clear that chakra? Because, you know, I, I want to be completely clear, right? Because a lot of people are walking around unhappy and you see it. And it's because something is blocked. They're holding something in, something they're not letting out. And there's more room out than in. So that's a good one. Say that again. There's more room out than in. There's more room (laughs) out than in. I mean, it, you know, there there's only so much that you can hold in here. Yeah. right. Right? There's only so much. So everything you should be holding should be pure joy. And if it's not pure joy. Something is blocked, and normally it's a chakra. Yeah. Talk to us. Yeah, <laughs> that's fascinating. So, I want to ask just quickly about your Reiki practice because I don't know much about it other than like what I've seen on like reality TV. Walk us through what a session may look like for someone. Sure, of course. So I, um, I have a, a Reiki studio here in my house is called healing in the trap i used to hoe in the trap now i heal in the trap hey (laughs) true story and um, a lot of people will try to upsell different things but i believe that if you want to clear somebody fully in one session you have to do sound healing you have to do the energy healing which is the reiki right pulling the negative energy out of someone right and replacing it with positive energy and then there's crystal healing Right. So for rate for a Reiki session with me, somebody would come in. I have a pendulum. I sort of go over and see what's going on with the person. And then I start to clear their chakras. Right. I clear their chakras. I take the negative energy out with my hands. There's nice, calm music playing. And then at the very end, while they still have their eyes closed and, you know, they're sort of clear. I do my own personal sound healing. So I have chimes. I have bells. I have all sorts of shit, a gong. Yes. 
and I basically give them full healing. So I don't upsell sound healing or crystal healing. When you come to a Reiki session, you get all of it because that is good customer service. Uh, hey, honestly, that sounds so nice. What is like, if, if someone is working with you, how often do you expect to see them? Or so, do you have any expectations? I do have uh, clients who come, some come twice a month, some come once a month, some get packages, some come as needed. Okay. The idea for doing Reiki is that you know, it's a, it's a maintenance thing. So it shouldn't be something that people are sort of codependent on, right? It's sort of like if you get your hair done, you have to maintain that shit before you go back to the, to the yes. side. Yes, okay, and yes. And mm -hmm. so it's really about teaching, repetition. And, you know, some people come to me and, you know, they may have a special issue that they want to deal with. Sort of like if you go to therapy, I go to therapy twice a month. Some people come to me twice a month and it's really just a checkup. You know, they may be going through different things and scenarios in their life. Some people don't need to come, but every three months. Mm -hmm. And so I think people as they're needed and don't leave any obligations or expectations on how people choose to heal. Some people are very rigorous with their healing, um, but I really expect people to not be codependent on my services because I am not your savior. Mm. Amen. Fascinating. The Sagittarius are really coming through with some like peace this month because, Man. you know, between Saint Jane last episode talking to us about mindfulness and kind of journaling a bit and just talking about holiday blues or things that may happen during the holiday season, and then you coming in with like a different way to kind of heal yourself and and take care of yourself. I'm inspired. Really providing gems, ways that all of us can just get on the good foot, you know? Do <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and can, I, can I just say that the last episode was awesome? Can I just say because I'm a fan of, of, of your podcast, period. I, I'm a fan. Thank and, you. And, you know, I used to have the blues because I'm estranged from all of my dysfunctional family. And so I have to create, you know, my own rituals, my kids, because they have nothing to, to pull from, from the past because all of the past is dysfunctional. So this was my way of making sure that during the holidays, I'm not sad, depressed, sick, shut in. You know, I mean, this is a time that people in my life have passed away. Their birthdays are near. So I want to always be in like a high vibration. Mm-hmm. Mm, I know that's right. Right. Okay. So in that same vein, what is your favorite mystic ritualistic practice? So mine is definitely uh, ancestor veneration. I, I post about it. I talk about it. So my bedroom is actually not a bedroom at all. I don't even have a bedroom in my house. My bedroom is completely my ancestors. You know, I go, I feed my ancestors. I talk to my ancestors. I roll blunts for my ancestors. I put peanuts and, and, and candy up there for my ancestors. I really go through the process of having full relationship with my ancestors mm -hmm. and you know while other people are going to the cemetery and I'm not knocking that because you know I go there too but you know I literally am having conversations with my ancestors every day playing music with my ancestors chopping it up with my ancestors shooting the shit with my ancestors that really keeps me in a place of non-mourning and that's interesting that you said that because I was just at a um actually a cooking demonstration the other day with a chef who's from Haiti and she was making, you know, some, some 
authentic dishes and and um she was saying, you know, she doesn't use measurements when it comes to like seasonings and stuff. I mean, that's a, that's a, a lot of black people don't, but she was saying like, she feels like her ancestors guide her when she's in the kitchen and that that's how she kind of has been able to call on some of these flavors that maybe she only had when she was very little, you know, from her grandmother or great grandmother or whatever. And, um, that's that's real because there are a lot of things that happen in our day-to-day lives that are not actually of our own control and um i definitely believe that my ancestors look out for me on a regular basis in addition to god but like certainly sometimes you need that personal attention from someone who knows you and raised you and you know has carried you to this point and finding other ways to honor them in our daily lives is really important it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Last question for this segment. What does it mean to you to be a Sagittarius? I mean, for me, I have multiple personalities by choice, right? So, so, so not by clinical diagnoses, right? <laughs> but, by, but, but by choice. And, you know, as a Sagittarius, I find that I'm most happy that I don't take bullshit. I have a very low tolerance for stupidity, but people that are my friends, I ride, I ride hard. I ride Mm -hmm. very hard, but I also hold people accountable at the same time. So as much as I ride for you, I expect you to be accountable for your actions. And um, one of the things that I'm most happy about is that, you know, people can't come back and forth. I don't, I don't have a a life that's like a, a turn Mm-mm. Yes. out you out and you know I've, I've I live off of experience alone and so as a Sagittarius I expect people to tell me the fucking truth and I really have a hard time with people who don't keep it real I really have a hard time with people who are two-faced and I find that I am quick to love you from afar period there is no coming back oh what went wrong mm-mm but I'm going to love you from afar and I'm going to wish you well, sincerely. And I'm not yeah. going to talk about you. I'm not going to tell your business that, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, but, but I don't care how long we've known each other or how we're connected. I will cut you off if you are toxic to my well-being. That's necessary. <laughs> that's so necessary. But I do feel like that's a very Sagittarius thing. There's <laughs> yeah. really no going back and forth over here. Like No problem cutting yeah. any it's called boundaries. <laughs> it's called boundaries. It's called boundaries. Right. You know, and some, and some people see it as like, oh, you're not healed from your trauma. No, baby, I'm healed. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to see the red flag of waving and be like, oh, it looks pink. No, bitch, that's red. It's red. It's period blood red. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I just came up with this, but. Do you have any message that you want to share to your fellow Sagittarians out there? Don't waver. Can you see me? Don't Mm. waver. We'll make sure they see that. (laughs) I I, I, I really want you guys to really stand in your truth and don't explain yourself, right? Because a Sagittarius is somebody that people love to be around us because of our energy, right? Because they know that it's like sort of a sacred thing. But then when you get out of the circle of our energy, you want to talk shit. Don't, don't explain yourself, Sagittarius. People are either going to listen to the bullshit like a sheep or they're just going to know 
boundary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not personal. Boundary. Right. So don't explain yourself. Well, I think she said it all. Don't waver. That's what I got. Right. <laughs> That's the message. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes. Happy birthday, Sagittarius. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now it's time for Nosy New This is like trash immediately after such a positive experience, but you know, <laughs> not I'm unusual. Here for it. <laughs> not unusual for our for our um, humble podcast. Okay, very balanced discourse. Right. Okay, Kanye. Yay, if you will. Yo, yay is really down bad. It's not looking good for my dog. I've decided that I'm no longer defending Kanye, more so just letting him live his life and I'm going to continue to live mine because I just, I can't. The last thing that has recently happened is he got on this white man show named Alex Jones and said that Hitler wasn't that bad. And that, you know, Hitler has also contributed positive things to our people and our culture. What he said was that no one is all bad. No one is all bad. And that there can be positive things about every single person. And he's not here to cancel anyone. He's like on a very anti-cancel culture kick right now. I affectionately called it radical positivity. I think that that still is kind of defending him though. And I can't really do that. So yeah, he defended Demna at Balenciaga because Balenciaga is going through their turmoil as well. But fuck Balenciaga. I mean, I really don't care about designer brands, especially Balenciaga don't care, but he's defending his, his homeboy Demna over there who's getting canceled right now. Um, he's saying stop cancel culture. And then as a last final hurrah, he said that um, Kim cheated on him with Chris Paul, who is a NBA player. Um, and Chris Paul is just like, why y'all bringing me into this? Like, who said that? You know, he's just he's just doing whatever. So I don't know, guys, like, what are we thinking about Kanye? Like, can we separate the music from the man? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I feel like everything that Kanye is doing to me, I mean, obviously I don't have any power to not let him do it, but I'm just letting him, you know, say what you will do what you will. Like, but I also do think that it's wild to a lot of people, but it's also admirable how free he is and the way he expresses himself. He truly exercises freedom of speech and he doesn't hold back for anyone. And just to double down on what you said about that interview, I just remember another video I saw of him saying that he can say whatever he wants because he never been to jail and he never killed a man. And he was Jay-Z, Shaq, and like named a couple other people, like implying that you know, yeah. they got things on them that is like allowing them to keep quiet and not be able to voice themselves. Cause like, you know, like people just implying that someone might have some dirt on these people some dirt. Okay. in the past. And so he's like, I bring my own skeletons out of the closet. I ain't got nothing to hide basically. Exactly. 
yeah, he's like, I never killed a man. So I'm going to say what I want. Basically, no one has anything on me so I can I can speak freely. So I don't know. Like, I feel like it is wild, like some of the things he says, but I'm like, someone's going to say it. Like, (laughs) I have a very close connection to Kanye, so I have to be careful about what I say. Okay. Is aware. I am very proud of Kanye for having the ability to speak his mind after years of being on antidepressants and now deciding that he doesn't want to take antidepressants. There is a war of words and also a contradiction of what it means to be anti-racist in America. And Kanye is really waking up that giant. I mean, certainly he'll be seen as a, as a martyr when it's all over, but he's waking up a society that will scream Black Lives Matter in 2020. And then as soon as a recession hits, all of the corporate or all of the corporations cut off the DE&I programs, diversity, equity and inclusion. Right. We're Which talking, are popping we're up talking, everywhere. We're, we're, we're talking about not being able to say anything anti-Semitic, but you can still say nigger freely on social media and it's not picked up by artificial intelligence. We're talking about things that are that are not the average that people are talking about. And I understand that it's very controversial, but it's also controversial to see, you know, Balenciaga put things such as children with bears in, in, in BDSM, bondage, right? Bondage, right? And nobody really step out and say anything about that. So let's focus on the things that people aren't saying. You can't say anything anti-Semitic here in America and and survive. You saw it happen with Nick Cannon. You see it happen with Louis Farrakhan. So they put us in our place. But then when a death is recorded and it's publicized and made viral of a Black person, then we rah, rah, rah. But we don't rah, rah, rah like the Jewish people. And he's just trying to really show something and I think that the bigger picture right is that controversy brings attention and I think it's important not to really listen to his message but understand how he's being a messenger of the contradiction of how we look at anti-racism in America amen sorry I'm I'm very no but I've been really trying to figure out how to better I've been what I the way I've been saying basically what you just said I've been looking at it through the lens of like he's making a point about racism I knew that I knew that he was making a point about racism but I thought that he was just I didn't think that he needed to drill down on the Jews specifically I felt like it was all of the colonizers of this world like it's not just specific to one to one culture or one um, religion or one ethnicity. I guess Judaism is both a religion and ethnicity. Um, But I didn't really articulate it as good as you just did. But I think that that is ultimately the overarching point of all of this. It's it's, each of these individualized messages can get muddled or whatever, but it's literally the commentary on how you can still be, be, hurt every single day as a black person in this community in this in this world and nobody says a thing about it and that's the black ass bottom line like nobody says a thing about it but then it's the second that there's a white person that's feeling blue 
I mean, the very second it's like, no, 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 no. This is, this is not gonna work. This is not gonna work. And that's the point that Kanye is making. And I, and that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not going to defend him. I'm not going to cancel him ever. Like there's really not, I mean, he would literally have to harm me personally for me to really like change my. That's where I'm at. Like I'm not personally affected by these things. The point that my sister made, which I also thought was valid. And this is, I guess we could say on the devil's advocate side of things. Okay, because of the world that we live in as far as like social media goes and how there are so many people who believe literally everything that they see online, certain language does incite hate and violence among people who aren't able, like you and I, Jayla, to see the bigger picture. You know what I mean? Like they're, t- they're hanging on these words that like, you know, Hitler was an artist or blah, blah, blah. And using that to somehow twist and contort that into being like, yeah, let me go and, you know, kill a Jewish person or whatever. You know what I mean? Like taking it to the ultimate extreme. And that's just because of the world we live in. We both acknowledge that like, it's not Kanye West personally, his responsibility to like be a role model for anyone to, you know, make sure that, people don't believe everything they see online you know it's that's not his responsibility but just because of the world we live in there is gonna be people who are charged up by this hateful people that are charged up by some of that language and that is dangerous I mean that's a bigger conversation than just about Kanye West I mean that's like culture and the internet and children being on the internet and not having supervision and their parents letting them be on TikTok and you know what I mean like all those things are what have got us to that point you know what I mean and that's obviously so much bigger than Kanye West so it's bigger than Kanye West but I think the one point to your point is um, most of the mass shootings here in America for 2022 have been young white men who have not been monitored on the internet and been left to their own thoughts and ideas and ability to make decisions based on somebody giving the truth or a lie or their own perspective on the internet and people not having the cognitive dissonance or the emotional intelligence to understand their opinion from somebody else's or fiction because the reality is that I can step online and say I'm an expert at something and I may or may not be I may just be able to verbalize it better than somebody else I may just have the gift to gab right which mm-hmm. most most snake oil salesmen do right? right but then some honest people have the gift to gab too so it's all about having that discernment and really picking the parts of what matters to you okay what matters to me is that yeah he's right you know if you if you say anything about black people you have to do really nothing if you if you embarrass black people, you have to do exactly nothing. But if you do something to a Jewish person, you have you have this whole list of stuff that you have to do in order to get back right. a good grade. Right, and Kyrie Irving. Right. Yes, and 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 it's and Nick Cannon, and it's right. really for the entertainment industry. But really, you know, as a whole, even in corporate America, you have to be careful about what you say. But sometimes they can make jokes about there not being a lot of black people doing your role. There's a bigger picture, but his mind doesn't have time to explain every intricate detail. And so he's already at the bigger picture, like he's already at Mars and he's just trying to like lift people up. And that's not to make excuses 
to the things that he says that I disagree with, right? right. Because I have, I disagree. But some of my most favorite songs that got me to where I am as a human are songs that Kanye West made, whether it was the old Kanye West or the new Kanye mm -hmm. West. I'm, I'm only focused on this art and a lot of artists, we still follow them and they're child molesters. We still follow them and they're pedophiles. We still follow them and they're doing, they're rapists, they're, you know, and, and we at the concert swooning. Oh, he cute. Oh, he fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And you've heard stories about him doing things to people. And just because he hasn't been convicted of the crime yet, because he has great lawyers. Right. Yeah. We still support those people. And so I think that support is not something that, you know, we don't have to be out in the front of the courtroom, free R. Kelly, free R. Kelly. We don't have to be like that. But we can say, my nigga, we don't agree with you on that point, but we're going to ride with you on the fact that your kids are black and white and their black lives still do matter. Yeah, yeah. And that's that. That's on um, period. And honestly, I was just talking to somebody about Trey Song sneaky ass the other day. And remember when Kiki Palmer has said like 10 years ago that that nigga was trying to rape her at the party and nobody, like everybody brushed her off and was like, oh my God, Trey would never do that, girl. Like what? And now look at y'all stupid asses. Ugh, wow. crazy. Yeah, that was riveting. Um, Kanye West, I still fuck with you, dog, but you know, you know that's really what I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. The hosts of Good Morning America, TJ Holmes and Amy Roback, are having an affair. And for some reason, like, the internets love this story. <laughs> I don't know if it's because just one of those things, like, you know, people see these people every morning. You know, they just kind of have this, like, sterling reputation of being these, like, happy, cheerful people all the time. But TJ been tapping that ass. And I mean that quite literally. Um, the video showed him tapping that ass. And then as I, as you know, more and more information is coming out, it's like these people spend all their time together. They work together, but then they're doing all this extracurricular stuff together. How did their partners not know about that? Or maybe their partners do know about this because it seems like they're together all the time. Like they just ran the New York marathon together and she was like the pacekeeper and they've been training together for the New York City Marathon. Like all these things are just kind of like. Love is certainly deep. Like they're, they're all. Yeah. All in. Like it's, they go together for real. Like. <laughs> really been for a while and we're just finding out about it. Yeah. That's how I felt. I was like, oh, they are not new to this. They're true to this. Like this is real some deep shit um i did see something that said that abc executives are having meetings because of this affair or whatever but it's like are you not allowed to cheat on your wife and have a job i don't know like is that something that your job really needs to be involved with because i don't know maybe there is some sort of morality clause in their in their contracts is it the fact that they work together and they're doing it less about the the affair and but the, they're on this equal plane you can fuck somebody that's on your equal plane you can't fuck your boss <laughs> yeah they do say that in the fine print but <laughs> i i never knew people really like you know we're doing it <laughs> they showed up um yesterday morning smiling on tv so they ain't lost their jobs yet or there hasn't been any action taken yet you know, they're, they're two consenting adults. And unlike the situation with Nia Long's significant other, you know, mm -hmm. the other 
the other portion was scorned and white fragility kicked in. In this situation, right, homegirl is complicit. And she's like, yo, I already left home, dude, and filing a divorce. So really and truly, I'm fair game. Yep. And you know, she's exactly right. And you know, relationships break up all the time and it's such a sad thing. But the reality of the matter is, they are together all the time, to your point, Sydney. They're together all Wait, the can, time. Can you guys fill me in? Is TJ Holmes married at all? Or yeah, yeah they're they're yeah, both married. Yeah. So, but Tay- he's been with his wife for over 10 years. Oh my gosh. But <laughs> but Amy just got her divorce. Like she's or she filed. I guess she filed. I guess she filed, but I mean she's been yeah. with her husband, you know, a long time. A as long well. time. Yeah. After, I believe. And, you know, shit happens. Right. Yeah. And, and, and and this is what it looks like when it comes out to the public. But it's like, it's not going to stop them. The smirk on both of their faces, happy as could be, lets you know. We've already worked this out at home. So y'all niggas just find it out. But we've been fucking. <laughs> Hello? Because when they was loading up their car and he just did that little ass tap, that was so loving. And so like, oh, my God, this is my bitch. Faux life. And yeah, I, you know, your life. <laughs> My F-O-E. Faux life, okay? She loved her little pizza, you know. He's a little, he's a little cafe latte, you know what I mean? But she liked her little, you know, her little spicy black man. Best of luck to them. Okay, you know, investigator Sydney, let me put on my detective hat they're about to extradite the bitch that killed Shanquilla robinson back to mexico it's about to get on and pop it because somebody has to pay for this i mean this is really just ridiculous i really want to get to the bottom of what exactly happened but mexican authorities have sent the paperwork to get her ass on the plane or the train or the bus or the car or whatever it takes to get her ass back to mexico so she can see about these charges the arrest warrant is out what are the charges? They haven't said yet what the who the who the suspect is from that little crew is only one person that they're after. And they also haven't said what exactly the charges are, but it it's gonna be a murder charge. I mean, it's gonna be some kind of murder charge. And um, I really think that they should be bringing all the motherfuckers back because everybody is complicit. everybody that got on that plane and came back to America, knows something of what happened and i certainly don't i I mean there could be someone who made the um fatal blow but they was all fighting her i mean multiple people are on video having fought her so everybody needs to go back to mexico and sit in that dingy dirty scary mexican jail and get what's coming to them you don't just kill people you don't just kill people on vacation. Like, that's crazy. And if it was an accident, y'all did this really dumb. Y'all really played this really, really wrong. Honesty will always be the answer. If it's really an accident, stick to the truth, okay? Stick to the truth. What Are y'all still keeping up on the case? What are, we, what are our thoughts here? First of all, this is really a Dave Chappelle skit of when keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> you literally are in a situation where you idiots film this shit because mm. that because that's the culture. Yes. And you are in 
complicit because you sat and filmed it and didn't do anything and then you lied to the doctor right. about something that wasn't true because you guys didn't really know what was wrong with her but because you sat there and lied all y'all niggas need to go back all y'all niggas need to face it all y'all niggas need listen if it's good enough for Brittany Griner and I wish you know that she was out but when you're in another country and you do something wrong you got to go back there you do you got to face it there you and do. you know if they if they prisons have dirty water they just have dirty water and you shouldn't out your you decided to take her there and fight yes. her for no reason right. whether you whether you was drunk or not yo when keeping it real goes wrong that's it that yeah. is literally it all, all of them have to pay for this yeah, I did hear that they sent the one girl back, but like, I'm like, okay, what about everyone else? Yeah. The dude who like had nerve to go to the mother's house and hang. Right. Hello? Like, like what? Eat, so, eating so- dinner with them folks, eating meals with them folks, like supposedly being there morning with them folks. Like, are you fucking joking? No, he that's wasn't. That's some real savagery stuff. And that's some real premeditated stuff, in my opinion, because you're trying to save face. Like, you are making a strategic decision to try to be in good graces with these people so that they won't try to... Hide in plain sight. Yep. Yep. Listen, we all watching them true crime documents. Oh, absolutely. But documentaries, but some of us are smarter than others, okay? Still, it's not working. <laughs> Your plan is spoiled. <laughs> we saw that episode, okay? And then y'all left her there. I can't believe they just, I mean, I just, because I really, I really would like to see, I don't know the exact timeline all laid out, but it seems like the day she died, they was like, oh, we on a plane tonight. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It was like, it was almost like they literally immediately left. I don't know if that was the, the planned time to leave or if they got flights to leave early or what, but that like- was, That was their first day there. It happened on their first day there. Oh, uh, so they got up out of there. Yeah, and and, it, and and if it's a situation where you can't defend your liquor or you or you can't control your liquor, then why did the guy say, why aren't you fighting back? Like, why would you want to, why would you, sir, want to see two friends fight? Yeah. Any, it just, like, that, like, you know. And yeah. why would you want to keep hitting someone who couldn't fight back? That's the thing that gets me. It's almost like the same thing with when people get raped while they're passed out that is some other kind of shit that you want you know what i mean like it's beyond like sex or and you know what i mean it's beyond it's beyond the fight it's like you're into some evil shit at this point because it's not even like it's a fair it's in no way is it a fair fight i mean that's crazy to keep hitting somebody when they're like on the ground like splayed out not just you know, curled up, but literally like splayed out, like unable to even defend themselves or fight back or anything. That's insane. So justice for Shaquilla and, you know, these, they going back to Mexico and I bet getting out of Mexican jail for a day or two, it's time to start snitching. It's time to start snitching because if me and my friend both do the crime, am I going to take the fall for my friend? No. I'm not. I already said that. If we were both in on it, we're both taking the accountability for it. The fuck? I'm not taking this fall for you. Absolutely not. That is crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. Last but not least, and this is just so interesting to me. 
this man fell off a carnival cruise ship in the middle of the ocean and survived for 20 hours beating off jellyfish and sharks and shit treading water in the middle of the ocean for 20 hours waiting for someone to hopefully come and find his ass and they did they actually found him he said he was waving his socks over his head because he had stripped out of all his clothes and all he had was his white socks (laughs) first of all (laughs) off the carnival cruise ship probably had to be a long fall that's right because it's right huge right huge and then how did that happen? Like, were That's you- what he said. And I watched the interview that he gave and he was like, I mean, first off, it was amazing that he made it through the fall, but he said that he woke up in the water. So at some point he says that he was completely unconscious. So the fact that he didn't drown while he was passed out is also like, he was like, you know, the Lord or somebody was holding me up. I said, uh, you think? How are you passed out and you didn't drown? That's incredible. Did he like fall off and hit a reef or something? You know what I mean? Like, it could... I think just like if you, those ships are big, like probably just hitting the water in any yeah. way, like would knock you out. I don't fucking know. But he said the one the our interviewer seemed to be trying to imply that he was wasted and fell off the boat. But I was like, he was like, I had been drinking earlier in the day. And like, I had had a drink like at the party that I was at or whatever, but like, I wasn't so inebriated, but she was like, well, do you know how many drinks you had? And he was like, no, I don't recall. I don't recall. Cause he says he doesn't know how he fell off the boat. All he knows is he woke up in the water and he was in there for 20 hours Oh my God. Imagine. He said that he saw these, this fin go by and he couldn't make out what it was, but he kicked it. Imagine kicking a shark, y'all. Like, yeah. No, no, no. no. I, mean, I don't know if alcohol does that to you, but he could have been high on something like shrooms and all mm-hmm. of this could be a figment of his imagination. No, girl, and, the, and the National Guard pulled his ass out of the water, okay? They I know mean, he was... I mean, we, we, we know he was pulled out of the water, but in regards to... The you sharks. Know, a man kicking a shark and a shark saying, oh, okay, gee, I'm scared. I'm going to go away. <laughs> and coming back and eating your ass alive. Well, I don't, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Cause, yeah, right. Because I'm not the animal whisperer, but what I do know is that Judge Judy said, "If it sounds unbelievable, it probably is." And I'm gonna I'm, I, now. I now now he could have seen a fin. It could have been a dolphin. He wasn't yeah. in there like, "What's down yeah. there?" Oh, he said he didn't fully see what it was. He said he didn't fully see what it was, but it was big, and he saw the fin. He said. The white man also rewrote the Bible and said that Jonah sat in, inside of a well until he learned his lesson. Now, I don't know if there's a house inside of a well, a bed and breakfast, not quite sure, but I don't know how one- He was in there with the plankton hanging out. <laughs> I'm ha- what I will say is that I'm happy that he was rescued, right? Yeah. But what I will say that his tiny, tiny tin tails, I don't know if all of that happened while he was out there. Um, but you know, it could have been hypothermia, it yeah. been people, you know, right. So I'm not going to, you know, place this all on God, right. It's great that his life was spared and maybe just maybe he should either stop drinking 
or he should stay off of whatever right the boats bitch stay off the boats okay but um man would y'all I want to ask y'all do y'all think if y'all fell off a cruise ship and you were just left in the ocean would you would you be able to make it would you be able to float tread water for any amount of time like do you think you could survive 20 hours in the middle of the pacific or the atlantic or wherever the fuck they were at I'm certainly panicking so I'm drowning for a moment even if I'm under there and I'm like all right get it together and I come up at some point I'm going down at first because I won't I can't believe this shit right and just hope that you don't swallow too much water that first time shit exactly so yeah it's it would be Jayla you a swimmer you gonna make it I'm I'm definitely not gonna do any water sports I don't do water sports now even when I'm in Hawaii I go to the to the oceans or the beaches where they have a break and then there's the real ocean I'm not (laughs) interested in water sports I won't be doing water sports I rarely go on cruises I am not interested in staying in a small room and eating buffet style food with people that I don't know Mm. I'd rather just go on the cuff and do that shit on my own Okay, but if you did find yourself in the water, can you survive for 20 hours? Nigga, no. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. You're going to find my bloated body floating. I'm dead. <laughs> How else does she have to say it? Okay, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah my gosh nah fuck all y'all I'm making it I'm a tread water I'm gonna just keep my just keep my head above I can float pretty good my titties make me extra buoyant and I am gonna survive my titties be having my titties be up under my neck in the water okay we're gonna make it (laughs) (laughs) floating devices I really hope that no sharks run up on me though. Now that is scary, or something brushing on my leg. <laughs> that is scary. That to me would be the worst part of it all. But I I'm really dead. think I can make it. <laughs> I'm dead. Especially okay. when it becomes when it becomes night and the sea is just yes. Well, that's what he said. He said he really. They said, well, at what point did you think you were like the end was near? And he was like. When it started getting dark again, he's <laughs> when uh, when it started getting dark again, he was like, "I don't know, I don't know, I don't know." <laughs> I would for sure. When it got dark again, I probably start drowning again because <laughs> where am I? I can't see anything. Like, oh, oh man, everybody, watch it next. They <laughs> say. I don't do cruises either, though, for that very reason that Jalen mentioned. Like, it's just giving Petri dish to me. Like, especially when COVID happened. Remember, we heard all those stories of them people trapped on them boats and they all had COVID and they were all, like, dying in their rooms. No, no, no. They was, lock- they was locking the doors where they had died. No, 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 no. That That's, that is crazy. Get me the fuck out. I will be jumping off the side of the boat at that point. Like, I will take my chances in this water because... Y'all got me fucked up. That just seems super dirty. Yeah, that's... Yikes. All right, well, that's all I have for nosy news today. (laughs) Okay. Two cents, two cents, two cents. Let me hear you now. 
Okay, so today's topic is about one of my favorites, polyamory. You know, we come back to this topic mm. all the time. I come across someone who, you know, knows some things about it. I am always curious to hear as a budding sexologist, you know, I got to keep it, got to keep myself abreast of these things. So Jayla here, she has a few things that I feel she would be able to share as it relates to polyamory and um, also ethical polyamory right we're talking about at the the open and honest polyamory only ethical it should be i don't know i hope so if it's not that then it's just cheating right yeah (laughs) right right okay so polyamory to me sounds like it's like an ethical practice practice anyway jayla are you poly and if so how did you know this was the right lifestyle for you So what I'll say is that um, I don't identify as poly, but my mate does. And and, and that's totally okay with me. Mm -hmm. So while I don't wish to be free to date other people, I do wish to be in a committed relationship with someone who chooses to be in other committed relationships with other women. And that makes me a part of the polyamorous lifestyle. Mm. and is there a name for you like you're kind of like I feel like I've heard of things like closed unicorn yeah Um, like so 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 I'm in friendship with the other women but we're not in relationship relation yeah okay I know that's right but we're all in relationship with him and it's it's fun how did you know that this was the lifestyle for you? Or was it kind of the circumstance of meeting this person? I'm not, I'm not in the belief that mon- monogamous relationships are supposed to be the thing. I'm in, I'm in belief that some people stay married because they're happy. Some people stay married for their family or their kids. Some people are happy and, and, and married. Some people are married and miserable. And we see that play out in a number of scenarios. And I don't know if that hurts or helps the children that are involved. But in this scenario, I think that it's important to understand that we don't all have kids together. And so the dynamic is a bit different. We're all adults having relationships with one man. And we're all okay with it. Mm-hmm. And we we don't feel like one of us is on top of the other. There's not, you know, a top one. There's not a number. You know, we're, we're all in relationship and we all get along great. It's not a situation where we're all living in the same house. We're not all together. It's just a situation where, you know, we all happen to um, be dating a common, a, a common person who we all adore and love. And so when you adore and love somebody and they also adore and love you and they protect you and keep you from feeling any sort of emotional turmoil, it's very easy to be in that type of relationship. Honestly, 
the more and more I see these monogamous relationships failing, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not there. I'm a, I'm a stop right now. I'm not there, but I do really question if, um, if monogamy is really like, should be the golden standard. You know what I mean? Like, I think that you could be, you could be in a monogamous, monogamous relationship and that work for you, but I don't necessarily think that that should be like the goal with, I mean, I think that there are other ways of being in relationships with people should be put more, um, should be made more available for people to understand and learn about instead of just saying like, from, you know, you're indoctrinated from a child that like you have one partner. That's something that we're always taught. So I I just think that maybe even like educating people more could be beneficial because monogamy is continuously failing in our society. There are some monogamous relationships that work. I know people that have been with their high school sweethearts for 20 plus years, people that I went to high school with and they've had struggles, but they've maintained that. I know people that have been married two and three times, it didn't work out and they're still looking for Mr. Right. And then I know people who are with, you know, a different type of man who, you know, maybe like people like myself who are an entrepreneur and I don't really have time and I'm a single mom by choice. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm in a relationship, I'm still a single mom Mm -hmm. by choice. And I don't necessarily have the time to dedicate all my time to this person, but I love you and I want to spend time with you when we can. And when you're not with me, of course, I want you to, you know, not be bored. And of course, I want you to be seeing other people and spending time with other people. And if those happen to be sexual relationships, then they just happen to be sexual relationships. And I know that my our relationship is solid because we're actually in a committed trusting relationship mm-hmm. where the women are not competing for the man because mm-hmm. we all sort of know our place in our role mm-hmm. and I'm not the one that's going to come spend the night I run businesses I have a lot of stuff going on and you know I don't really necessarily need the financial help but I may just need that companionship every now and again and that's what you offer it I'll take it yeah so I do have one more question regarding this topic, and it was, why do you think, actually related to what you just said, Sydney, why do you think the idea of multiple partners is rejected by most people, even by those who would consider themselves to be open-minded? Because mm. I feel like that's kind of a place that I, I, you know, like I'm so open-minded and I'm like, oh, you know, like I could... I could see that, but then when it really comes down to it, I'm really like, could I see that? (laughs) Could I see that? Well, I think that age has a lot to do with it also. I don't think that, I don't necessarily think that people in their 20s and 30s would be comfortable necessarily with being in a polygamous relationship. And I don't know if that necessarily would be something that I would chase. But as someone that, you know, actively, mentally decided to have kids with a donor, Um, somebody that, you know, like I, I made active decisions in my life. And, you know, a part of that was breaking generational trauma and curses and patterns that have been in my family where women have put the man first. And now I'm in a relationship where the man allows me to put my family first without fear that he's going to leave because I don't have time for him. 
Mm. I don't have, I don't I don't have that fear because we get in where we fit in and it's yeah. and it's, it's always a good time when we get in where we fit in but I also know that if I have a need there are other women that I can call on that also are not competing we're not we're, this this is not this is not a reality show right it doesn't bring an atmosphere of competition and so a lot of it has to do with, you know, everybody understanding the situation that they're in and then taking that understanding and saying, okay, how are we going to, you know, all get along? Well, you can't pretend that you want to be in this type of relationship and that you're not really, you know, like none of us live with him. Yeah. Now there's always a place for us if we want to come over. Mm-hmm. Right. But. He has his space. We all have our spaces. Yeah. And then it's like when we come together, it's a great thing. Right. Right. Hello. I um also want to ask: Is this your first um polyamorous relationship or experience, or have you kind of dibbled and dabbled before? So I'm a former teen prostitute turned professional escort when I was doing my undergrad. And I don't see relationships in a traditional sense as anything to brag about and to be a goal for. I think that it's for some people and not for others. As an escort, I didn't feel that I was interfering in people's personal relationships because I knew my place. I was professional at all times. And I understood that if we were out in public, like it wasn't a culture like today where the side chick is just talking. It, it, it wasn't that culture. In order to maintain these relationships and to work for certain companies, you had to sign non-disclosures. Sure. There are certain things that you couldn't talk about. And so I come from that old school before social media where you could be somebody's side chick and, you know, comfortably live and be fine and, and be yeah. okay. And, and know your role. And I take that same mentality into this type of relationship where, you know, it's really not about competition. It's about the reality of one man may not want to just have conversation with one woman for the rest of his life, the same way that a woman may not want to just have one male friend for the rest of her life. You have work husbands, you have, you know, guys that you went to college with that you're really close to. It's like, all of these relationships that women are allowed to have, but then when a man has them, it's like, oh no, you're cheating. No, how about I like all of you, and uh, I can and, and 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 I can maintain all of you emotionally, mentally, sexually, and spiritually. I have the ability to do that, and so how about I do that, and we maintain a great relationship between us all, where there's no spirit of competition. There's no, okay, well, oh, he's so-and-so with so-and-so. Oh, well, there, there, there's no, if, if you can come along, come along. And that's interesting that you say that because one of the guys that I dated, like who doesn't really, or claims he doesn't believe in marriage like that would always say things like, you know, I mean, I don't believe in marriage, but that's not to say that I'm not gonna always be here. And I'll be like, you know, not really okay. <laughs> what that meant, but he was just like, you know, I could be around, like, you know, I'm always going to be there when you need me and like, I'm reliable still, but the marriage thing is just not something, not something I'm interested in. 
And some people are married in open relationships. And I wouldn't say that they're like polygamous relationships or that there's polyamory happening there. But one of the most, you know, non-spoken but publicly seen is, you know, blank and blank Smith. And you see these people in these relationships. Not redacted and redacted Smith. <laughs> you, 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 you see situations where... You know, you can see, you know, um, you know, the Fresh Prince of Blank Blank out with a whole different woman that's not his wife. And then you can see his wife in this relationship with this man. And then the husband say, oh, I knew about it all along. It wasn't just your business to know, but now, you know, and here it is. And they're still happily married. And just because people don't publicly talk about it doesn't mean that they also aren't in it. Some relationships are healthy. And then when the when when there's a breakup, right, because that also happens in all relationships, but it also happens in polyamory. Breakups mm -hmm. happen. And so you don't take the word of the person that's now estranged, right? Now they they have their feelings are valid, but some of that could be coming from a place of hurt. Right. And so all of that has to be looked at and examined before people make final decisions. And it's really about just maintaining relationships so that you don't have to be in those types of situations. I've never been in a scandal. I've 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 and 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 my mate has never been in a in, in a scandal. And people are clear that, you know, my 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 mate is is dates different women. Yeah. And some want to be seen and sometimes. Right. Okay. Um, that is really interesting. I'm like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm curious to see how my perspective on relationships changes as I get older and as I have more experiences, honestly, like, I really think that it, it comes down to what works for the two of you and, yeah. or what works for you, but what works for the two of you together um, as well. And I just think that there's no, I don't want to really restrict myself at this moment and just be like, this is exactly how it has to be. Because like I said, in the beginning, monogamy fails every day. B. Like at the end of the day, I want to be in a successful relationship. I don't know what that's going to look like yet because I'm not in, I'm single. So <laughs> we shall see. Yeah. And can I also say that I think that some monog there are people, there are men that are born to be monogamous, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's because they saw it in their family or because the lack thereof caused them to want to recreate something for themselves because men like to break generational curses and pattern and trauma as well. And so it, it could be like, there are some men that are made for that. And then there are some men that aren't. And I think that women and men need to start having those conversations so that everybody can be clear. Like, what is your idea? And people have to be honest. Like, listen, I see myself one man, one woman. And then, you know, one woman may say, well, you know, you may see yourself one man, one woman, but I may want to date multiple men. So there are some women that date multiple men. It's not just a man that has multiple women. Of course. And I think, and, and, and I think that, you know, a lot of that has to do with, you know, some people being pansexual, some people really just being sapiosexual and just really like, wanting to I'm demisexual so that plays into it as well you see and so it's like in, that's why in some of these relationships the women also have their own relationships right some of them are, are are bisexual so there's so many different types of sexuality that one could have and that delves deep into polyamory as well because 
you know, some men are seeking women that want to have relationships with each other as well. Some are not seeking that. And so it's all about what different people are seeking within a relationship and, and working within that parameter. And I think that there are people that are just meant for monogamy and I'm totally for monogamy for people that, that want that and that desire that. Um, but I think that, you know, this idea that it's some big freak show. And I'm not saying that, you know, Blank Cannon is a freak show. I'm just simply saying that, you know, when, when you look at that whole situation and, and how public it is and how nonchalant he is, it's like he doesn't really owe anybody an explanation. And you don't yes. see people fighting, like loving hip hop. You don't see that happening. And so it's like, why is it not okay for him to have multiple children with multiple women and have multiple families? You're not running his 24 hours. You don't know what his 24 hours look like. You don't know what his week schedule looks like but obviously nobody's complaining and so i think and that continuing uh, to have children everyone is yeah. with the <laughs> being fruitful and multiplying plan okay <laughs> okay who's what i mean society really has to get over themselves and i'm i'm talking about myself as well because it's just like so hard like it's so hard to kind of get over things that you've always thought to be how things should be done. You know what I mean? Like we're not used to people having 17 maternity shoots in a year, like for different babies. You know what I mean? Like we're not used to that. So people are like, what the fuck is going on? But as you pointed out, all the people who are part of this family are happy and excited for their children and excited to raise their family and this and that like all the people who are actually active in this family are loving life it's just all the people on the outside that are like this is nuts someone give him a vasectomy and this and that like we really have to get over ourselves because it's it's not about us it's not about what we saw you know at Toys R Us, you know, one, one Ken Barbie, one Barbie and one baby Barbie. And that's how family should be. Like we have to get over those kind of like, you know, patriarchal points of view, because points of views, point of views, because one is. I agree. Fascinating. This is a good topic, Shada. I know. Right. So we're just going to switch gears for a bit. There's one last question in this segment and it's about sex clubs because that is another topic that Sydney and I, you know, the journey continues. Like we've been talking about this. Want to learn more. But first, before I get into that question, did y'all hear of the radio journalist who had, uh, who had live, like had sex live on air while interviewing at a swinging club? No. So she went to a swinging club to kind of like, you know, learn more about the culture, but ends up having sex for real there. And on on Mike. There's like two minutes of her um in the act. pounded out. This is in Europe, of course. Um I believe Copenhagen or like close oh, to Oh, okay. And anyway. So yeah, that's, now, that's what I call investigative journalism. Okay. <laughs> and it was crazy because when you look it up, like there's so many stories that cover this, like, 
you know, many like news blogs that cover this like mm-hmm. stuff. I'm just like, that's crazy. It was really a really big deal. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, regarding sex clubs, what do you know about sex clubs and do you have any insight or wisdom to share? Yeah, I love sex clubs. I spent time in sex clubs. I, it's a great atmosphere to be yourself. And there are a lot of people who are kink shamed in this society. And the reality is that there are places and times where people can live out their kinks without anybody judging them or mm-hmm. taking pictures or wanting it to be out. Um, it's really a great way to privately live out your sexual desires without harming anyone or shaming anyone or being afraid that you're going to be outed. It's really a great place to live out your fantasies if only for one night. It's sort of like this private world where people come together, there are unwritten rules. Before you get there, there are rules so you already know sort of what it is. And You know, it's a it's just a, a great place to be in the adult Alice in Wonderland. You know, I have to say, you know, people who go to sex clubs, you're right about the unwritten rules because you don't hear about nobody's business ever, you know. And I know that there are people in all statuses of life, you know, from the politicians to the rappers to the athletes to the stay-at-home moms you know what I mean like literally everybody um you know many many people like to partake or whatever and you don't really hear about no shit ever I mean I can't think I can't think of anything at all at the top I mean maybe there have been things here and there but like you really don't I mean the privacy piece is respected across the board which I really really like Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to go to a sex club. I want to go with like a partner though. I know that there are some places that you like, like there are swingers clubs. There are like different kinds of like sex clubs for different niches. But, um, I know sometimes you can just go as a single person, you know, like you can just go, but I would rather go with a partner, um, and kind of like, be in public but still be in private like that is kind of you know exciting um but to be an exhibitionist yeah Yeah. and to see what's going on for sure a little voyeurism you know Mm -hmm. i'm definitely trying to see some (laughs) definitely trying to see some so i want to ask about like the um the intake process because i also know that there are like you know clearances not clearances but there's some sort of like intake process right you can't just like go on a Tuesday night and just go as yourself or can you no a lot of it is word of mouth okay you know because people that are in specific lifestyles they join certain groups like you have to actively search out the groups that do that sort of thing whether it be a private Facebook group a Reddit group like you or mm-hmm. you know a public social group you have to you have to those those situations where it's perfect for you, you have to literally be sort of word of mouth in. You can't just, can't just show up and be like. You see that because I mean, looking it up online is not really that simple. And yeah, it was crazy. Because, because it's not illegal, but is it? It's not illegal. 
It's, it's, it's not illegal because nobody there is committing sexual assault. Right. Well, and also there's no money exchanged as well. So no, well, well, so so there there are entrance fees that are paid prior to you entering, right? Okay, so, okay. And, and then for some of these clubs, you have you know um, monthly or yearly or quarterly dues. Okay. You know, yeah. so it would be like any other social club legally. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. It's it's. Have you made friends like from you know that that are now friends friends of yours outside the club? No, um, oh. I'm, 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 I am what's considered an exhibitionist. I like to go and see and be seen. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, you know, living out of fantasy and then coming back to my real world. Right. That's real. Yeah. And, it, and, like it, and, and, and it's, and it's a way again, when I talk, when we started the show talking about clearing the chakras, you know, um, you know, one of your chakras has everything to do with sexuality. And, you know, to be able to keep that chakra clear, you know, there are some people who walk around as pedophiles, then there are other people who walk around and do role play safely. And so with other consensual adults. And so that's the difference for me, in my opinion, someone who's been in this lifestyle for many, many years, like a couple of centuries. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that um, people who are socially responsible are the ones walking around looking for little kids. Now, right. do I believe that there are men who have that kink and want to experience that with other consenting adults? Yes, I do. And I'm not going to kink shame them even if that's not my kink. Yeah, I feel that. Whew, this has been a good-ass episode. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Shana, you're on mute. It really has. It's been a great episode. And honestly, I think that we're going to end it on an even better note because the horror story is not from us today. It's from Jayla. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Yeah. So this is a true story of someone who is currently doing a 25 of life or rape by force or fear. But at one point that I thought was my boyfriend. Oh, wow. Shout out to him. What an intro. <laughs> Um, so there was a point in my life where, um, I was a teen prostitute, but also I had what I thought was a boyfriend and he was older than me, 21, 22, I was 15 and he, you know, sort of watched out for me, I felt, or I thought until I saw that he had been, you know, dating other women and bringing other women in his house. And I sort of would sneak and, you know, just sort of stalk him and his house. So one night he had me to come over and, you know, we were smoking weed and he told me, you know, like, I'm going to give you some things that you deserve tonight. And I was like, <laughs> totally excited. I'm a kid. I mean, I'm totally, I mean, you know, totally excited because I think he's my man. Um, and um, he got me drunk, high, and probably put some stuff in my drink and I was in and out of consciousness and next thing you know there was another man there with him and then there was another man there with us and then there was a fourth man there and all of us were there and here I was and 
um, it became, um, there was no violence, um, but it was an experience that, you know, probably really led me um, to this lifestyle. It was an experience that was definitely different for me, but in the end, when I, and it lasted for hours, when I sort of came to, um, I asked him why he did, like, why did you do that? Why did you do this? And he was like, you know, you deserve this. And um, even though he wasn't really a good person and he currently is doing 25 to life for rape by force of fear, I thank him for that experience because it really opened me up to the real world of how people think. And it really helped me in this place in my life to be so open and free and full of love and non-bias for other people. Mm. But that was, but it was a long night. Yeah, I mean, my God, uh, you know, unexpectedly long at that, you know. <laughs> um, that's deep. Hey, we like the real stories, but I didn't, I wasn't expecting that one. I'll tell no, you that. That was, she went really real, you know, like. <laughs> That's what she said in the beginning of the episode. She's going to keep it real every time. Right. Exactly. And we appreciate that. We're so yes. happy that you joined us today. And I can also say that I think that it's okay to have situations where, you know, um, people are put in what would be a negative situation and come out seeing the positive in it. Oftentimes you hear about people um, being rape to some like horrible situation and sometimes you can be you know incoherent say no it still happened and you come out on the other end and I'm not um rape shaming I'm not you know but clearly I probably wasn't in a state where I could have like really consented to that experience right but at the same time um there was a level of love and trust that I had for this person to whereas you know, I knew that even when I didn't know what was going on, that I wasn't going to be hurt in the experience. Yeah. And so I think that that's also important for people to understand. There are certain experiences where, you know, people run and tell and it's a horrible experience. And then there are other experiences where a woman may get a train ran on her and it may have just been a good experience. And I don't think that that's something that people should be ashamed or afraid to admit. Some mm -hmm. of your favorite faves have had trains ran on them and you don't know about it. And you don't know about it because it wasn't a big deal. And then there are some people who have had a train ran on them and they're embarrassed. And so they want to cover that up with something. And then there are some people who actually have been raped and that's a horrible experience to have. And so we need yes. to be able to differentiate between each of those experiences because every experience of like multiple partners is not a negative experience. That is so true. You might just be a hoe. I mean, the part about the embarrassment, though, that's really like, that's what has led to so much turmoil when it comes to like people actually having instances of rape. Um, because, you know, if you make a decision to do something, you got to stand up in that shit. You know what I mean? You can't take it back later or whatever like I think that the shame really you know more than embarrassment is like fucking a lot of shit up for a lot of people so I think that you know taking a 
taking accountability for your decisions and like, you know, standing up in your shit instead of being like succumbing to the shame that others may try to put on you um, is a critical piece in all that. But also the most critical piece of all is to be around people who you're safe enough to be a hoe around without being shamed. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's really about staying protected, as my shirt says. Yes, and I've been peeping your shirt this whole episode. I love it. It's, it, it's, it's about staying protected and making sure that the people around you are safe enough for you to have safe experiences. It's, it, it's like anytime you see somebody on shrooms, they have to be on shrooms with somebody and it has to be a safe experience. If yes. it's not a safe experience. It's scary. It's not good. Yeah, it's not yeah. good at all. Um, when you're on shrooms and you're in a safe experience, you can literally be adult in Alice in Wonderland and yeah. it'd be okay. And you love that experience and everybody can be themselves. If somebody's talking fast, nobody's like, bitch, slow down. It's a great experience. And I think that it's that same experience that you have in sexual situations. And I think that it's not for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Like roller coasters aren't for everybody. Like being on a plane isn't some people don't ever want to leave the country. It's not for everybody. But for the people that want to travel on that wild side, I think that um, it's OK to explore. And I think it's OK to meet people and ask questions. And I think it's OK to have experiences, even if it doesn't become a lifestyle for you. But to knock something that you've never tried or that you've never talked to people who have never had those real life experiences, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Yes. I mean, some of you guys are eating some stuff, you know, traveling abroad that I'd be like, but if I were there and in the moment, I'd be like, oh my God, I want that floating cloud too. I want it too. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's all about living in an experience and being comfortable living in your experiences yeah and being with the safe people as you said like you know I don't know if I would be traveling abroad with everybody either (laughs) like or doing anything with everybody so oh this has been so good thank you Jayla for being with us this week and sharing all of your gems and jewels with us next time I'm in LA I'm definitely I want to try a Reiki session. I really do. Like, I think that that would be a really beautiful experience for me. So look out I mean, for my I don't, I don't want, I don't want you to think that, you know, because, you know, I'm sophisticated in some spaces and hood is fucking other places that I'm not a good Reiki master. I think a part no, of- No, we don't think that at all. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Quite the opposite. A part of extending energy is to make sure that you're getting somebody's transparent and real energy to you. And there are people who have met me outside of, you know, social situations, maybe in a grocery store, maybe in a gas station. Like, damn, you are happy. Yeah, nigga, I'm happy all the time. You know what I mean? I can cuss you out and still love you. Yeah. Still love yeah. you. Right. But I'm going to tell you about your fucking self. But I still love you. Still want the best for you. Because the chakras are clear and the energy is pure. Right. Mm. I'm almost scared to know which one of my chakras is jammed up. It's probably the... What? <laughs> oh my gosh all right any final thoughts Shana? before we get up out of here no final thoughts everything was amazing and absolutely with us this far you are a true and MB- real one yeah jayla do you want to share your social media yes yeah, so i'm just jayla the 
self-esteem queen. Yes. It's like a pimp named Slickback. You got to say the, the whole, whole name. Thing. Jayla, the self-esteem queen. Yes. We love that. Thank you so much. You know where to find us. Sign me up podcast at gmail.com at sign me up podcast on everything and everywhere. I'm at Sydney Poppins too. I'm Cheeky Bobby. And that's another episode of Sign Me Up Podcast signing out. <laughs> <laughs>